Hello, hello, hello. I hope you're doing better than you were yesterday. Welcome to Sundoku, because we all have the mysteries piled up. Now, my name is Ray, and each week I'll plunge into the mysteries of the world, from true crimes and unsolved cases to even supernatural phenomena. Well, first of all, I would like to take a minute and thank you all for taking an interest in my small research-based podcast. And I hope you all enjoy your time here. This is the first episode and I'm super excited because I hope that I can deliver you the quality content that you want and uh, I'll try my best to remain unbiased in all of the researches that I do but sometimes I might be you know I might seem a little bit biased to a side because you see I am more of a believer so sometimes some opinion of mine may be on the side that wants to believe in everything but yeah keeping that aside well before jumping right into the first episode i would like to ask you guys some questions well what kind of questions so questions like have you ever wondered that we are living in this world right so is it actually as we see it or is it maybe all just a simulation or or more broader questions about that subject that are humans or are the homo sapiens only form of intelligent life in the whole universe well this question can have two answers according to me first is that we are alone and second is that we are not alone well both the answers are astounding and at the same time equally terrifying because if we are alone in this vast universe that we know today then well isn't it kind of scary that in this universe in this vast universe that is full of mysteries at each point what if we were to just what if we were to just blow away somewhere and you know like no one would know that some species like homo sapiens existed or why would they care like no one is out there so no one cares right but the second answer that is what if there is other or there are other intelligent lives on other planets that are not human beings well this question alone raises a lot of questions with itself i know i'm just <laughs> i'm just speaking questions and questions and questions but it's just because i'm curious about questions like what is beyond if anything is and or what kind of creatures are there who are not human beings or have they actually ever tried to reach out to us do they wonder that there may be some other human life like or other intelligent life like us homo sapiens well these are the questions that i have in mind when i hear the words extraterrestrial beings or the aliens well as you might know that over the decades we have heard many stories and uh, many incidences about ufo sightings or you know the flying saucers so what is it is it true is it true that some extraterrestrial beings are actually trying to contact us and tell us that 
there is life apart from human beings on some other planets or or in some other planets or on some other galaxies well for me as i said i'm more of a believer side so i would like to request you all to keep an open mind in this episode and actually think about the infinite possibilities out there and in today's episode i will be talking about one such case of infinite possibilities well that person didn't have any you know physical solid evidence with him that is but if we actually try and think about the claims and if those claims are real then my man this is one of the best examples or best cases out there to know about any extraterrestrial life and this man claimed that he actually worked on a ufo and he actually described how we depict the pictures of alien of modern aliens and modern ufo designs so let's take a closer look on who actually is bob lazar So for me when I say alien the first terms that pop up in my mind are either UFO or Area 51 and I guess you all are well aware about the term Area 51 but even if you're not interested in aliens or any science topics or whatever Area 51 is a term that just pops up out of nowhere and you know no one knows what actually is going on there or no one knows what is actually happening behind those closed doors so apparently area 51 is a us military air force base camp there it's a facility where they test flights on aircrafts and other things but we all know that how infamous area 51 is for its conspiracy theories relating to UFOs and aliens and well the term area 51 it actually came to the surface with this case so area 51 is a facility is a US military air force facility which is located in the barren desert of southern nevada so it is an intensely secret base let me tell you uh so the employees working there they have to sign confidentiality agreements uh, that they would not spill the secrets or they would not spill uh, the scientific researches they are doing there out to anyone to their wife to their friends to their anyone out there if they do they are threatened to their life well these are the claims that have been made for the past years and i'm just telling you everything on the basis of the claims people have been making and assumptions people have been making about it and this is true this information that the employers uh, the that the employees uh, i'm sorry the employees are taken to that base area 51 through an unmarked plane now this is a crucial information just remember it so who actually is bob lesar who coincided the term area 51 in the eyes of the public So let's take a closer look in the background of Bob Lazar but let me tell you when I was researching about Bob Lazar uh most of 
you know his background is i don't think so it's found anywhere like it's a pretty sketchy thing in itself but when you look at it all the things about his education are basically not there the most you get is a college degree that he did but yeah i i just told you this um uh, remember it for the future reference so moving on ahead who was bob lazar so bob lazar was born on january 26 1959 in coral gables florida us now why are we talking about bob lazar in why are we talking about area 51 because bob lazar is a person who claims to have worked in area 51 well not specifically area 51 but a subsidiary installation or a subsidiary facility of area 51 which was known as s4 located several kilometers south of area 51 so this case is all about bob's claim bob's cl- bob claiming things about this and that and all so first of all his education background as i said bob or robert scott lazar not much is given out about about his educational background but the most i found was that he attended the pierce college which is a community college in los angeles and he did some electronic course there now after that bob claims that he has he did opt for further degrees after that and he actually got a masters degree from mit that is what he says and he also went for even further studies from there and got some electronic degree from caltech well now both of these institution mit and caltech are the at the top of the world like anyone who gets the admission in there is someone who has big brain obviously uh but yeah a lot of people debate about his credibility and his education well we'll discuss that further in the podcast but uh, for right now let's just focus on his background as what he claims it is now he worked as a physicist at the los almos national laboratory new mexico so guys this is not a small thing let me tell you los almos national laboratory is not a small thing it served as the birthplace of the atomic bomb so i don't think so anyone with some minimal knowledge about any subject can get in there i don't think so it can happen because if it's birthplace of atomic bomb and probably it's one of the most famous federal government laboratory out there and bob in 1982 did something crazy while staying there so what he did uh was he was interested in jet engines so he took a bicycle a normal bicycle and he actually integrated a, a jet engine to it and made it a jet bicycle and he apparently rode that bicycle on the roads of new mexico but the cops stopped him in the end because they were concerned about his safety after some time bob just took his car he had a honda car at that time and he integrated the jet engine or and he integrated a jet engine in that normal car and he invented it into a jet car and this thing got so big that he even made it in a newspaper article and it is avail- and it is available on the internet for you to read so if you have time uh, please go and read about it uh, but 
around uh, the same time somewhere in uh, 1986 um bob filed for bankruptcy and uh, in that he described himself as self employed film processor i want you to remember this point because as i said uh there's no credibility about his claims and it is somewhere because of his past life so just remember this point after that uh bob believes it is according to him that this article this newspaper article was the one that got him into the attention and that got him the job in area 51 now now uh he got a job in area 51 at first he didn't know what it is he didn't know what he's going to work on he he didn't have anything he just signed an agreement uh, with egng company and later we'll find out that egng does actually recruit employees for the area 51 so yeah he got the job and as i said uh, the employees are carried by an unmarked plane and the same happened with bob uh so uh they carried bob from that uh from that unmarked plane to the groom lake or area 51 now bob claims that uh the facility asked him to reverse engineer a spacecraft a spacecraft that was not made on earth that means it was extraterrestrial now bob told about all kinds of uh, all kind of things in the facility uh, he said that there were teams made for different kinds of purposes and his team had the purpose to reverse engineer the spacecraft now when bob lazar showed up uh, in the lab barry introduced him to what he called the engine of that extraterrestrial spacecraft it was from one particular spacecraft and he explained it something like pasture garbage you know the something that one might find at a antique shop um and it was a small metal half sphere about the size of a basketball now these things were the emitter and the reactor that means the pasture garbage and that uh, sphere sphere kind of metal thing uh, and these things uh, were supposed to work together like kind of like an engine for the spacecraft now bob when tried to touch that sphere thing of the engine it actually pushed him back that thing pushed him back and it made him realize that it was anti gravity it had anti gravity property now let me tell you about anti gravity i hope you all are aware about it and it's uh it's just opposite of gravity okay which is basically gravity pulls or attracts everything towards its center but anti which is just which just means opposite so it pushes everything away but as human beings we don't have we we haven't achieved that technology that actually uh you know um can produce anti gravity objects um so yeah and bob has already signed things uh like confidentiality things about the s4 so uh, he couldn't tell anyone about anything and also according to him uh the different departments the separate departments that were in their project they were not allowed to communicate with each other like lazar claimed that 
they were not allowed to even look at what others were doing for the project all they can do was that they had the two things of the engine and they had to somehow come up with this amazing theory to reverse engineer them now lazar made a great claim here what he claimed was that the propulsion of that studied vehicle was because of an antimatter reactor and it was fueled by element 115 or element 115 now the problem for his credibility at that time was that element 115 was not found uh element 115 was not found until recently uh where in 2003 a joint team of uh, russian and american scientists synthesized it and it was named that muscovium but the problem about muscovium is that it's an extremely radioactive element and which means that it can decay very quickly in fact uh, even the most stable isotope of it is muscovium 2 290 muscovium 290 which has a half life of only 0.65 seconds so but bob still claims that in near future we will soon find an isotope uh, a stable isotope of muscovium now bob says that he even took some of this element with him to his home it is it is super crazy that a man who signed a confidentiality agreement with a government company is not keeping <laughs> is not keeping that contract alive anyways but yeah so he took some of that and after working some time on the reactor and the emitter bob was just so fascinated with everything he was like where did this thing come from how was it even you know how did it even fit in the vehicle that it might have been taken out from so he asked he asked the authorities that well dude look you have to let me see the thing if i can't see it i won't be able to reverse engineer it and if i see it i might get some clue so one day they actually took him to see the spacecraft now bob describes this as something like there was a mountain range on which nine flying saucers were there that means he claims that the us government had nine captured or crashed extraterrestrial spacecrafts with them now he claimed that the site consisted of concealed aircraft hangars built into a mountain side and there were nine such hangars and at least one of them was shaped like an actual saucer now they took him inside bob bob saw that the spacecraft didn't have any landing gear or wheels to support it you know like to support it on the floor it just kind of it just kind of sits on the floor and rests and when they took him on the inside well it was a interesting thing because uh bob described it as something that couldn't fit an adult like it was made for a middle school middle school child he described it as something bob was 6 feet he said that if i were 6 feet then it could only fit someone half my size that mean it was that means it was meant for a child now there were not any controls nor any buttons probably they have been removed or whatever but 
they somehow knew how to turn it on and one technician in that room turned actually turned it on and they all saw it started hovering in the air about 40 feet above them with a faint blue light underneath that blue light was almost was almost hypnotizing that's how bob explains it now after all this bob gets back home and he didn't get any phone calls from the s4 he didn't get that come uh, like you have to come to the facility and uh, start your work again after that uh, and uh, he had been working for almost 3 months at that time and this was the long this was the longest uh, that he had been that he hadn't received any phone call to come back to work again but uh, as bob was staying at home here he realized something which was truly terrifying something that scared him and something that he feared that might eventually thread his life bob noticed that people were tailing him bob noticed that there was a car outside his door outside his house which was constantly following him him and his wife both noticed it now one day bob called the cops bob saw this all he claimed that the cops came uh, they got out of the cop van they got to that car greeted two men in black suit and black shades apparently this is this is the plot which gets interesting because you know we got some amazing pictures uh, amazing movies in these black suits yeah man in black that's what i'm talking about but yeah um, i'm sorry i straight i straight from the topic but that's how i am uh, but yeah so the co- the cops got over talked to them got in their cop van and went away they didn't do a single thing they never reported a single thing to bob and they didn't do anything at this time cop uh, at this time bob was so scared that not even police can help him in any of this uh and since he uh, have also allegedly taken that element 115 to his house or somewhere else so he thought you know these people might have uh, some clue about it so he was just scared to death now here what he thinks here he thinks that he's never going to step foot on area 51 ever again okay now all ends here but now bob does something so stupid what he does is he says that okay well if i'm going to end it all why not show it to my friends and my wife so <laughs> what he did was he took his wife and his two closest friends to see the flights you know the testing flights now he knew the schedule uh, he had been working there for 3 months and um, he got his hands on the test flight schedule so yeah he took them there i mean yeah they were young blood and bob was all excited about it it was it was like a viewing party you know um uh, that's what i suppose it is because there are they they recorded live videos there are video clips of them and there are video clips of that test flight but since it's it's you know it's night and everything is so dark the most you can make it out uh, is that some light zooming in the air that's it now he drove them to the pupus lake uh, and sat with the people to watch the flights uh, because he knew the schedule obviously but 
This turned out to be one of the worst decisions of Bob Lazar's life. Now, let us take a look why he regretted it so much. So what happened was that as uh, Bob Lazar was taking the his wife and his two closest friends for uh, seeing the test flights uh, to make his friends believe that he actually worked on UFOs, uh, they go they went there for three weeks straight and after that one night a security guard actually recognized bob and he noticed them there and the next morning it was just problems it was it was a pile of problems in front of him because at his doorsteps there were government officials they flew down to a different facility for interviewing and for questioning and they held him there till the night and yeah they questioned him all sorts of things uh like they first believed that bob was uh, some russian spy because it was the end of the cold war and uh, you know it was not uh, a completely a completely bizarre idea that uh, russia might send some spies to keep track on the americans uh but it was not like that bob made them bob pleaded them that it was nothing like that but he didn't have any evidence but yeah in the end they left bob for the night uh bob went home and he was just full of anxiety and fear now he feared for his life because he didn't know what the officials might do and the officials didn't know how to proceed uh so yeah bob was just scared for his life and he was so scared and anxious that he just uh, wanted to do something so one of his friend suggested him to talk to george nap now george nap is a reporter or i should say investigative reporter uh on las vegas tv station klas and uh, he talked to him like Bob talked to George about everything. At first, even George was kind of skeptic and you know, because there is no credibility about Bob's claim uh as he doesn't have any physical evidence and that just can't be denied since his claims are so bizarre and yeah, so George was also kind of not digesting the fact that he didn't think it was possible but george believed bob because it was not the first time someone had told him some stories about area 51 apparently according to george some people before bob have also claimed to you know been working at the facility but they could never come on the surface with their stories they were as they were allegedly threatened by men in black or i should say big men in black suits and black shades so yeah george actually found some credibility in bob's story since his story was somewhat similar to what others have already told him so what they decided was that they would do an interview so in 1989 an interview was done with George and Bob and Bob had covered his face in that interview and he used a pseudonym of Dennis 
This was to maintain his privacy as they didn't know what was going to happen with the uh, officials at Area 51 or they might take some step or whatever. So they just hid Bob's identity and did a small interview. And some months later, Bob actually came up on the surface with his real identity and with his real face and did another interview it was a whole special about this area 51 and his job and everything else and yeah it was the most watched interview in their channel uh but yeah it, it was all based on bob's claim this is the shortcoming of this case uh since they have no evidence since bob has no physical evidence have he he doesn't have anything to prove that he is legitimate or he is credible uh, so some people believe his claims while some don't and as i have already told i am more on the believer side but yeah i i tried to i tried to sum up all the research that i did uh, in the simplest form that i could uh, so yeah now i will discuss more about what kind of question rises your or what kind of questions are there in people in people's mind or in skeptics what kind of questions do skeptics rise to uh, you know uh, dismiss this whole theory and what some people who believe in the theory gives the answers as or what i believe the answers are uh, well so the first question is it's about his education well as i said he had a pretty sketchy background and there is not much given out about his education uh, his claims about his degrees at MIT and Caltech well skeptics disagree with them and they just abruptly dismiss them uh, because when MIT and Caltech were asked about a man named Bob Lazar they said that they have never had a student named bob lazar ever in their campuses or they don't know who bob lazar was or he didn't you know he didn't study there but the fact is like according to according to a newspaper clipping uh, that bob actually worked at los almos national laboratory you know that uh, article of him creating the jet jet car and the jet bicycle well the newspaper article clearly stated his name bob lazar referring to him as a physicist at the los almos national laboratory new mexico and as i said this is a very important facility as it is the birth as it is the birthplace of atomic atomic bombs so i don't think so or many people don't believe that anyone who just got some course in electronic at a community school such as Pierce College can get admission or can get employed in such uh, an advanced institution or such an advanced company so that's the first thing and about the newspaper clipping why would an newspaper article why would a newspaper article lie to people about a civilian because at that time George didn't have any particular image in the public you know uh he he didn't come out with a story or anything so yeah it's it's a bit unclear that why would a newspaper lie about someone who who doesn't who doesn't have any uh potential profit for them the next question is that 
where is the evidence that he actually worked at Area 51 or in any other facility in Nevada? Well, the only one piece of physical and inf- uh, physical evidence that Bob could ever come up with was a W-2 form for less than a thousand dollars paid to him by the Department of Naval Intelligence. But the authenticity was questioned, and it is not much taken as an evidence. But keeping okay, keeping the evidence aside, if Bob didn't work in any facility, okay, in Area Fifty One, there are just some details. There are just some minor details which makes it just so difficult to believe that he didn't work there, because okay, first of all, he took his friends uh, to the Pupu Lake. For watching the test flights, you know. So how did he know the schedule? How did he know the schedule of aircraft testing of such a confidential and secret facility? Is it actually possible for a person who doesn't have anything to do uh, with that facility to know about such things? Well, I don't think so. When they and when that facility emphasizes. so much on their security and confidentiality that is that that is a point that if you think about is not normal from anywhere like what do you think he was he was there for like he was there for three weeks straight and each day there was a flight testing of something there because they had live videos and you can find the footage anywhere on the internet so yeah And well, there is uh, one more thing. Not one more. There are many things like this. Uh, the one of it is, um, well, in many of his stories, Bob talks about a scanner thingy, which is basically a metal plate uh, that measures the bone length of one's hand biometrically, because it's supposed to be different for everyone. And uh, like when you scan that, then you are allowed to enter the facility of Espor. And astoundingly, in the documentary of 2018, uh, in the Netflix documentary, which actually brought this case uh, out from the shadows once again, uh, the person who made this documentary actually found photographs of the same metal plate published by the government from the nearby Nellis Air Force Range. And uh, the na- by the way, the name of the documentary is Bob Lazar AR-51 and Flying Saucers. Um, You can go and give it a watch if you're free. But yeah, coming back, um, don't you think it's strange for a person who never worked in a facility to know about such a strange scanning device and with such particular details? After that, there is one more incident uh, where he came up with people's name who actually used to work there, like who actually used to work in the facility. Like one of the example is Mike Thickpen, uh, who, according to him, helped with the security clearance. And after years, it was actually true. It was found out to be true. So these things just point out that he did work there, like somewhere for some time, you know. And the other question is about his uh, Zeta reticular system. So what happened was uh, when Bob entered the program in the facility, he was, according to him, he was given a briefing to read. And while reading the briefing, uh, he came up with the name of the Zeta reticular system from which that alien 
thing was described to come from, like that avian spacecraft came from somewhere in that satellite relay system, according to him. But according to the physics we know, according to how much we know about the world, it is not possible. Because he also claimed about the element 115. And as I said, as much as we know the universe, the stars that are out there in the galaxies, like which are in the middle of the systems, they go through different phases in order to create, you know, elements. And when their core hits iron, when their core creates iron, that's the end of the star. That's when the star explodes. Um, so that means that's the end of the star. And such an heavy element, people think that it's not possible to be out there. And uh, by the way, Zeta Reticuli is a twin binary star system, just to let you know. But, 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 Bob backs up this theory. Like, uh, he says that the facility allegedly put false information in every individual's briefing documents so that if any information is leaked, they know from which source or from which person it is being leaked. Well, no one can prove if it's correct or not, but according to me, that's a really good strategy to find out any loopholes in the information leak. But yeah, that's a different thing. Now, many people might ask that, why didn't they do any lie detecting tests as, today's, as in today's technology, we can possibly do that? So the answer is, they actually did polygraph tests and Bob did undergo some polygraph tests. Uh, the first one, the first test results were not clear, not clear, like they couldn't tell if he was telling the truth or not. But in the second test, however, uh, it came out to be in Bob's favor and they concluded that his claims did appear to be truthful. So there is that too. But some people don't find it credible as polygraph tests mainly indicates breathing rate, pulse rate, blood pressure and such. So they say that it can easily be, you know, cheated or whatever. So, yeah. But leaving everything behind, I'm not denying the fact that Bob Lazar was actually a suspicious person. He was actually, he had actually a pretty sketchy background as um, he was also once arrested for aiding and abetting a prostitution ring, uh, though this charge was reduced to felony pondering, uh, to which he actually pleaded guilty. And yeah, that's kind of not, you know, a good thing for a physicist. Uh, also, that case, you remember, where he uh, displayed himself as a self-employed film processor. So it's pretty bizarre for a self-proclaimed physicist who works at Los Alamos to call himself as a film processor. Well, yeah, Bob Lazar is particularly not a clear guy. He has a sketchy background, he is a suspicious person, and obviously we cannot give credibility to his findings and to his claims, but what if they are all true? What if everything that he says is true? Don't you think that it's a really crucial evidence for us? Don't you think that it's actually a revolution? It can actually cause a revolution if we somehow find 
that the muscovium has an isotope which can be used as an antimatter. Well, there are lots of possibilities. There is one more incident uh, that is in the case, uh, which is pretty, you know, which is not often talked about. But actually, while shooting for the documentary, Bob Lazar and that director, uh, they talked about the element 115 that Bob took home with him. And the very next day, there was a raid uh, mainly involving FBI uh, on his company and at his laboratory. Uh, because apparently he had, uh, they were suspicious that he had uh, supplied some, you know, material or some chemical which was used as a murder thing, which was used in a murder. So l- let me clear this context that Lazar owns and operates United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies, which sells a variety of materials and chemicals. So. This is not a thing for which FBI had to raid someone's company or someone's laboratory, you know, if they just needed to have a check of what he supplied and whatnot. Well, they could have done that without raiding. But yeah, we can't say much. So these were all the facts and uh, all the claims that I researched and put forward in front of you. And I hope you all enjoyed the podcast, but I know that this is not the best quality and I'm so sorry for that because I don't have the equipment for the quality right now, but I am sure I will have them in the near future and I'll, you know, continue to deliver you all with the research as I do. Well, today before leaving, I want you guys to think about something. Keeping every skeptics, keeping all the, you know, not, not all the absence of evidence and whatever aside. Just think about it. What if it's all true? I mean, even if it's a hoax, just think about it for a minute. That what if the claims of Bob Lazar are actually true? Don't you think that it is actually bizarre that the government is hiding such crucial information from all of us? Well, it's not uncommon for government to hide stuff because they do. <laughs> we all know they do. But just think about it. Just think about the infinite possibilities that are out there and that life other than Earth is there, which is much more advanced than we are, which, is, which might be even more powerful than we are. Who knows? So yeah, uh, with this, I would like to take my leave. So what did you guys think about today's episode? Uh, Do let me know and if there are any suggestions or you didn't like the research or any topics you would like me to cover, please feel free to tell me and you can also contact me through my email. Well then, I will see you next time. Until then, have a good time and keep thinking and be curious. Bye-bye.